This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating both cross-country teams qualifying for the NCAA Championships for the second straight year. Plus, we're previewing the men's basketball and swimming and diving seasons. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The number 18 nationally ranked Bates women's cross-country team finished fourth out of 54 teams Saturday at New England Regionals, earning an at-large bid to the NCAA Championships this Saturday in Louisville. First year, Jill Richardson and senior captain Olivia LaMarche finished 15th and 18th respectively out of 380 competitors, winning NCAA All-Region honors with their top 35 overall finishes. It's the sixth team invitation to the NCAA Division III Championships, in program history. And for the second straight year and the third time ever, both the women and men will compete at NCAAs. The men's cross-country team placed fifth out of 54 teams at New England's, earning a trip to nationals for the seventh time. Sophomore Bart Rust and senior captain Justin Levine won all New England honors for the second straight year to lead the Bobcats. Rust placed 17th and Levine followed in 28th place. Our Bobcats of the week this week both come from the cross-country teams. Sophomore Henry Raff placed fourth on the team and 37th overall in 25 minutes, 52.1 seconds. The best race of his career thus far. On the women's side, first-year Jordan Wilson made a strong final push to finish 59th overall as Bates' final scorer. And Henry Raff and Jordan Wilson are our Bobcats of the week. Well, Jordan, um, Coach Jay Hartshorn said you came up huge for the team there on Saturday. What was really clicking for you out there on the course there at regionals in your in your first ever regionals here as a Bobcat? I think it was that I was able to have a strong finish, which I haven't really this entire season. Um, but honestly, I think it was just nice to be surrounded by my teammates. And I think we all really had good days. And so that just really... Running with the team as a whole just made anybody's day all that more better. Well, so a strong finish, that's what, the last kilometer, or what is that? Um, well, I thought, I think the reason that my finish was strong is because I thought that the first, there are like two straightaways, and I thought that the first straightaway was the last straightaway, <laughs> and then I turned the corner and I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, I would say probably like the whole last 800 was pretty strong and that's pretty abnormal for me because I'm usually the one that drops off in the last 800. Mm. So Henry, um, your first time running at regionals, you're a sophomore. What was the experience like for you? Yeah, no, uh, it was awesome. There's a lot of energy going on in there. There's uh, thousands of fans and you kind of just build off all that um, energy and uh, hope to the best or hope for the best and kind of just uh, run the race that you've you've known that you can run, and uh, the rest usually always just comes. Well, I saw your time significantly faster than you've ever run before in an 8K. What, what was feeling so good for you out there? Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes whenever you start a run and you're you're not you're not feeling the best, you're just feeling a little um, <clears throat> jello-y and everything. Like sometimes those those uh, that run just makes uh, always the best and. Um, whenever you're not feeling the best, you kind of just got to push through it, and uh, eventually you kind of just get into that rhythm. You start to click, and everything kind of just falls into place. So how does it work at regionals? Who, who was going for – were you able to watch each other's races, or how does that go? Um, I think it's hard for the women just because we race after them. So 
I did get to see the finish, but I didn't get to watch the whole race, and I really would have liked to, just because we were warming up most of the time during their race, and it's like you really have to strike a balance between supporting the men's team and also like making sure that you're as prepared as you can be before your own race. So on the flip side, are you just like recovering? We finish. We're, we're always really tired. We, we catch our breaths. We go on a, a little cool-down jog, and as soon as we're done with that, we get back, and we, we start to support the girls, make sure... Uh, that we're the loudest people out there, make sure that they can pull it in too. Um, and it's always really fun to watch them. They, they always seem to be doing great, and I uh, really love that we can contribute to their success as well. So for both of you, this will be your first time going to nationals. Uh, what have you talked to maybe some of the, uh, you know, like Olivia and people who have been there before about what the experience is like? Um, I've talked to her a little bit, and from what I hear, it sounds really exciting. I think it's kind of scary just for me because even in high school, I never went to like I, I never went to like high school nationals or any of that. So this big of a meet is a little bit intimidating, but they make it seem like it's a really fun experience. What have you heard from your teammates? So yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard a lot. I've heard uh, many things from everyone, even from alumni who's mm. run the race last year. And uh, for most part, what they say is it's just another race. Like just treat it however you would normally. Um, it is at a bigger level. There will be a lot more uh, faster runners, but don't let that get to your head. Just kind of keep going and treat it like any other race. Terrific. Well, um, let's get into your backgrounds a little bit. You mentioned you ran in high school. Jordan, when did you start running cross-country kind of growing up? Well, I mean, my parents were really big runners, so I always, like, throughout elementary school, did, like, 5Ks and sometimes small five-milers. So I think I probably started running those maybe first or second grade, and then I didn't really run until middle school. But even in middle school, I was mostly a swimmer. Mm. So I didn't really start, like, running, running until I was in high school. At what point in high school were you thinking, oh, I could also do this in college? Um, I think probably my sophomore year. I think something clicked in my head, and I was like, I really like doing this, and swimming just doesn't really seem to be my thing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I kind of put everything into running and it seemed to be going well so and then when you're looking at colleges what made Bates the place for you well I really really liked my interactions with coach Jay I felt like I felt really comfortable there and I felt like the team atmosphere was exactly what I was looking for because I knew that I didn't want to go to a school where the culture like the running culture there would be toxic in either a competitive sense whether that meant body image pace mm. whatever and I felt like Bates was, like, I felt like I could be really competitive and do the best that I could and get really awesome training and train with really awesome people while still not feeling like um, there was any sort of toxic atmosphere. Excellent. How about you, Henry? When did you start running and when did you decide you wanted to do it in college also? Yeah, so uh, I always ran with my dad and um, we kept doing a bunch of just local races, but I never actually started running competitively until about high school. Um, I used to be a hockey player, team aspect kind of sports, uh, and then eventually I kind of realized, oh, team aspects aren't really for me, even though running is just as much of a team sport as is uh, an individual sport. Um, but I really started enjoying uh, running, uh, definitely in high school, and uh, just kept growing and growing throughout, and I knew that I wanted to start uh, looking at schools that had running and skiing as a... Uh, option and uh, Bates was definitely uh, really up there uh, for the reason that both of the uh, coaches 
were very supportive and the uh, connection between those two made it very easy to do both of the sports. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. For those who don't know, you're a Nordic skier here. So, you know, you run with Coach Farashidian and your teammates there in the fall, and then you switch over to Nordic skiing with, with Becky Woods and, and, and your teammates there in the winter. I mean, you mentioned there's kind of similar skill sets in terms of, like, it's a pretty smooth transition sort of? Or? Yeah, no, I mean, they're both endurance sports, so uh, I, I have that background in both of them. Uh, you definitely have to uh, learn about the – not learn, but – kind of have to get more of the muscle movements in the upper body uh, when you transition, which is a little difficult, but uh, I've been doing it all throughout high school, so I know how to get that transition uh, as quickly and as smoothly as possible. You're from Idaho, right? So yes. Pacific Northwest, how did Bates come on your radar? Well, uh, first of all, I kind of just wanted to get as far away from Idaho as possible. <laughs> um, if I knew I wasn't going to get out into the East Coast during college, then I probably would never get out here. Mm. So that was, that was a driving factor, um, making sure that I can experience as much of the country as possible throughout my life. And also, um, the West Coast is definitely a little bit more competitive for skiing, and uh, you definitely would lose a lot more... Um, school while being there because you have to travel to all these different schools they're not as close mm -hmm. so I wanted to get to a place where traveling would be easy as well as um, school keeping up with school would be just as easy as um, performing as uh, as much as possible excellent speaking of that as a first year how's the transition academically been for you I think it's been fairly smooth for me. I feel like I've been enjoying my college classes a lot more than I did in high school. So even though I have a higher volume of work, I'm more willing to do it. Whereas high school, it's like a lot of the classes are pretty painful and I right. really just didn't want to do anything. So I think getting here, it's really nice to be able to just focus on my classes because I like them and not because I'm being forced to focus on them. Well, what's the most interesting class you've taken so far? Um, I, it's a kind of a tie. I really like my French class because when I signed up for it, I didn't know it was a theater class. So <laughs> it's like a it's it's called oral French, but it's a mixture of like French and theater, which is I thought I would hate it, but I actually ended up really enjoying it. And I also I want to be a studio art major, and so I'm also really enjoying my drawing class. Nice. And then, well, I guess any other thoughts on the season so far and what you're most looking forward to? Um, you know, racing this Saturday in Louisville. Yeah, I mean. The team has been great. We've we've all supported each other throughout, and uh, I know for sure that many of the runners who aren't going to be able to run at nationals would kill to be in the place that I'm in. So I have to kind of just keep driving myself to uh, make the team um, just as uh, happy with what I do as what they would be doing if they were in my position. And... Um, for the most part, just kind of representing Bates as much as possible and hoping that we can come out on top. Excellent. Jordan, well, any final thoughts for you in terms of the meet and what's coming up this Saturday? Um, well, I think we've had a really, really strong season, and I'm really excited to just continue that all the way through the end. Um, my teammate Vanessa said something that I thought said something in this past week that I thought was really valuable. Was when she was talking about our goals and like making nationals, she was talking about how we've really just checked all of the boxes that we could have possibly like like could have possibly come up with, um, and I think she's really right about that, which just makes me all the more excited to compete like alongside such awesome teammates at like pretty much the fastest meet of the season. 
Excellent. Jordan Wilson, Henry Raff, Bobcats of the Week. Great season for cross country. Wrapping up this Saturday at NCAAs. Thanks so much. Thank you Thank very you. much. The women's basketball team dropped a pair of games over the weekend at the Rose City Tip-Off Classic. Sophomore Megan Graff averaged 19.5 points per game over two contests, earning a spot on the all-tournament team. The Bobcats host Husson Wednesday at 6 p.m. for their home opener. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team begins its season Wednesday at 8 p.m., also against Husson. Head coach John Furbush previews this season. Coach, first of all, last year... You know, it was a kind of a slow start to the season, and then you came back, uh, you know, a little bit stronger in NESCAC play. A lot of these games here, especially at home, were quite close. And I saw the Sun Journal article, you know, the senior class, it seems like they really worked hard over the offseason amongst each other. Because obviously you can't be with them, but it sounds like they they came in ready this year. They did, they did. They know it's their last run at this thing, and, and they changed our culture in terms of our offseason workouts, expectations for when I can't be there. So they try to mimic all the things that I say when I am there and I think that just held everybody to a different standard for the last you know six seven months between April and, and November and I think it has showed significantly in the first 12 days of practice where our focus has been a lot more on strategy than culture hmm. and uh, they've done an incredible job with that and then you know in terms of strategy you know Jeff Spellman obviously a senior now he's had to have the ball a lot in recent years but it sounds like this year it's going to be a little bit more off ball for him yeah, yeah. I think we just have to, uh, as best we can, make his looks as easy as possible. He draws so much attention from defense. You know, if we put him in a ball screen, they're probably going to trap him. And, and so um, we're trying to manage his time. You know, rather than call a timeout, we'd like to have him rest on the court. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just by spacing to the corner and taking a possession off. So, um, yeah, we're going to try to get him off the ball more in our sets, but still do everything through him. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And then Cody Greenalch, who's played some football during his time at Bates, has played some basketball as well, and now this year focused on basketball. And you've called him one of the best athletes on the campus, possibly, right? Yeah, he's yeah he is he's he is one of the best athletes on the campus, and I think any coach that has watched him move would agree. Uh, what what has been really special about this group this year is that he's never had a full preseason of basketball, so. Mm -hmm. He's got his legs underneath him. He's got his handles really tight. His shot is, is looking really, really good. Um, so I think just to have him on day one was uh, just changed our, our element big time. You can get him in the corner, and he can spot it from there, or he can drive, right? He can. He can do both. I think a lot of people associate, if you watch film of him, yeah. he's a catch-and-shoot guy specialist, but uh, he can do so much more than that. He's really good in the ball screen. And he just brings so much energy to everything he does, every possession. And then Nick Gilpin just seems like the ultimate like cerebral player, just knows what he's supposed to do every time out there on the court. Yeah, Nick's great. He's uh, He does a lot of things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I asked him to run one of our quicks at the center position, he could do it. I mean, he knows all the positions, and, and from a point guard, that's what you want. He can direct traffic and, and sort of be my voice out in the court at all times. And then the other senior uh, that was discussed in the article and we're here is Tom Coyne, you know, a guy who uh, provides an offensive spark. I mean, his range is unlimited, right? Yeah, as you said, uh, Coyne from the parking lot. Is just, uh, he's, he, uh, no, he's unbelievable. One of our strategies with him is the second another team subs, I immediately put him in because he is um, he's instant offense. He can come in and get you nine points in three possessions. And the reality is he, he, he might not pass the eye test, but he can actually guard. He's a good team defender, and he's been working on his on-ball defense in the offseason as well. And so, of course, all these guys were here last year, but you mentioned Cody's gotten more time preseason now. In terms of you know turning this talent into wins, what are some keys in your mind you know this season? 
Yeah, I think we, we got to stay healthy. I, mm-hmm. I know we didn't have coin for the first semester last right. year, and he was a and he, you know missing a guy like that on last year's team was a big blow. Mm-hmm. But to have everybody on day one has been incredible, and you know we just got to stay healthy as we can. Um, but I think a lot of it is just getting some early confidence in these guys. I mean, I think they start to believe that just through the practices and the drills that we've been doing that they feel confident in their abilities. We got to get some early success tangibly for these guys to really believe. But I've been I've been pumping these guys up that this is about as deep as group I, I've ever had. And I say that in front of Graham Safford, who's on my staff, who's right. on a really good team. Well, and then another guy who had a big impact last year when he played, Andrew Snotty, just when things were getting rolling, he went down. Yeah. And now, but he's back and he was, uh, you know, main all-rookie team last year. Yeah, the second we got Coin back, he went down, yeah. and so that just that again that was another uh, tough one to swallow. But he he looks great. He had an unbelievable off season. He physically looks different. He mm-hmm. changed his body. Um, his shot continues to improve, and I just think he's a tough matchup because he can drive it, he can shoot it enough where you have to respect it, but he can also post up smaller guys. And then defensively, um, you know, he can guard multiple positions and he rebounds the basketball well. So he, I have a, a high hopes for this kid this year. Any under the radar guys who might have breakout seasons in your mind based on what you see so far? That's. I wish I had a good answer to that. I think that the I'm going to call it a situation, not a problem, because I think when you say a problem, you indicate negativity. But I have a situation where I think like seven through fifteen on my roster is uh, is kind of wide open, and I think today's practice and tomorrow's practice, we're going to try to figure out, you know, who could really step their game up. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that a guy like like Kenny can can have a little bit of a, a breakout year for us. You know, he's got his legs underneath him and and uh, can step up as a sophomore. But I mean, it's 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 a great situation with the depth that we have right now. Certainly, and you're, you open, you know, Husson, they're pretty good. I mean, they, they win their conference every season, right? They're very talented, they, and they're, they're, um, they beat us last year at their place in a tight game. Prior to that, we had a good little streak going against them, and, and I'm, I'm friendly with our coach. He reminded me of that streak. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to hopefully start a new one this year. Uh, but, they, yeah, they, they, they've had a lot of success with, with the uh, CBB teams in the state of Maine the last eight years. Um, so this is a big game for them, but, you know, it's as equally a big game for us, and we're not looking at anybody but Hudson right now. And then, you know, obviously Nick Lynch graduated. He was a he had a really good season. I thought he should have been all NESCAC, but in the middle, um, really good year. So you mentioned Kenny, but also you have some young big men, right? First years. Yeah, we have two two big guys in the first year class, Omar Saar and Cam Riley. Uh, they're both very different players. Uh, Omar has uh, an incredible motor, can rebound the basketball well. Uh, we're working on his offensive side of the game a little bit. Cam uh, can stretch the floor. He can shoot it. High, high, high basketball IQ. Um, he gets better every second he's out there. So between Kenny, Omar, and Cam, I mean, we can be really creative with 40 minutes on how we can show a lot of different uh, players from the center position. James Mortimer, interesting player from uh, my perspective here, a junior. There's been games, there's been parts of games where he just takes over. There's more consistency from him or what? Yeah, with a consistent Mortimer. And, again, a lot of the things last year he was, you know, he had injuries here and there, rolled his ankle, cut his elbow. Um He's about as a talented player we have on our roster. I mean, he's really, really good. He can score it. He can guard multiples. Um, if he's healthy, he's a major piece of our puzzle, and I let him know that when I met with him last week. He, you know, If he gets into this groove, I, I see him scoring at least 10, 12 points a game minimally. And then um, new addition to the coaching staff you touched on earlier, but Graham Safford, people should know, of course, in 2014, 2015, he led – Bates to the NCAA tournament, and not only that, to the Sweet 16 as, as a senior, was the athlete of the year, and now he uh, joins the coaching staff. What, what does he bring to the table? Well, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of good players that don't 
always translate into coaching and just haven't seen Graham on the floor with our guys the last 14 days. He's clearly got a passion for this and he's really good at it. Um, just having played for me and knowing the expectations from my perspective, uh, he's able to have a dialogue with these guys. that's maybe a little bit different than mine and, and he's fully removed. So he's not coaching anybody that he played with. So I think there's a good chemistry there where these guys, they know of him, but they don't know him, know him. Cause that can always be tricky when you're coaching guys that you know personally. Um, but he's, he's brought a, a wealth of knowledge. He had a good experience in the NBA after he graduated, so he just saw basketball from a different perspective. Um, and, you know, we have a really good personal relationship, so uh, he, he continues to make me think outside the box as a coach, and, and he's just got a, a great head and his shoulders for the game of basketball. Excellent. And we touched on two of the first years who are bigger, but then you have a five foot ten point guard. Tell us about him. Yeah, uh, Steph is, is lightning fast, um, really knows how to play the game. He's competitive in a, in a really good way. Uh, you know, he doesn't get into what I call sword fights. It's really easy sometimes if, you know, practice is getting a little chippy to try to take on the world. But he, he plays within himself, which is not normal for a freshman. <laughs> um, and so I, I anticipate him having a, a relatively significant impact on this program this year. And so... Um, you know, we'll find out Wednesday what he can do when his number gets called. Any other thoughts on the upcoming season, what you're most looking forward to to find out about your team in, in November and December before uh, NESCAC play? Yeah, I, I want to see how we handle adversity. I mean, I think that we talked about culture in the beginning of this conversation, and these guys, uh, you know, had some tough conversations with each other and really held each other to a higher standard. But, we ha you know, we haven't played a game yet where things don't go our way and we don't make shots, and, and my hope is that these guys – we put a lot of emphasis on defense, and my hope is that these guys um, put all their effort into that because I think we're going to have a harder time defending than scoring points this year. I think offense will be an easier um, of the two sides of the ball for us to, to handle. But if these guys commit to defense, so the, the games where we're not making shots, our defense is sort of our bread and butter backbone, um, I think we can win a lot of games this year. The swimming and diving teams host Wesleyan on Saturday and Trinity on Sunday. The women finished 20th in the country last year at NCAAs, and the men are looking to make a return to the national stage. Head coach Peter Casares looks ahead to the season. Coach, obviously the women getting 20th in the country last year, really strong showing in NCAAs. Tell us about the returnees from those who made the trip. We brought nine with us last year, which was a really large number, and to have eight returning mm -hmm. is is um, very comforting because you have women that have seen the best of the best and know they belong there and want to bring others with them. Um, we have some, um, obviously, some, some great talent um, in every class right now. Um, so, you know, Yana Caho is one of our uh, most decorated athletes of all time, um, and she's doing some great things getting ready for her senior year. Um, Aaron Bucky um, had a breakout season as a sophomore, and um, she has picked up right where she left off. She is a really huge success story. Um, and then um, some others, you know, um, shoot, there's there's seven others that, yeah. you know, um, I could talk about each one of them in length. Um, but um, I just think as a whole, that's how we're really strong is is that we take it um, as a group and with relays as the focus um, and then this year you know really hoping some of those women that have um, aspirations of going back really are thinking about making it individually in addition to making it on the relay um, and we'll see where that kind of puts us. Well, Caroline Apathy, someone who won the NESCAC title last year in her butterfly race, and, I mean, she's just an incredible talent, and what a start to her career, right? 
Yeah, she came here and improved um, drastically. And, you know, like I said, I, I didn't want to forget anyone's name. Caroline's in Australia right now yeah. um, studying abroad and um, training and doing everything she can out there. I know. Um, but she's off my radar completely. <laughs> yeah. So I am, I am, yeah, yeah. yeah, I am thinking about this weekend's meets and looking at a lineup. And yeah, I mean, you just totally rocked my world there by reminding me that she was on the team. Oh right. So so we're we're excited to have her back without a doubt. Yeah. Um, in January. And yeah, yeah, she'll 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 come back in December to do it for the training okay. trip. Okay. Um, and then we'll start using her in meets in January, obviously. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's just a really strong group of, of women and, and they, they really like each other too. So it's a lot of fun to see them working together and, and having these kind of big visions about what they can accomplish when they do come together. So I see the spreadsheet here, this Google Doc on your computer, you're making the lineups for the, the meets that we had this weekend at Tarbell Pool. How do you go about doing that, deciding which events for who, especially the first two meets of the year like this? This is the hardest uh, moment for me every year is the first dual meet of the season because... I don't have data or information to really go off of um, besides what happened last year and how dare I think that that's just going to be the same thing that happens this year. Right. Um, not to mention we have you know, uh, a group of 15 to 16 freshmen joining us who I don't know how they swim in season. I don't know mm -hmm. how they handle our type of training. They don't even know how they handle our type of training. So um, I, I'm basically looking at each person individually and saying by the end of the weekend, I'd like to see them swim these events. And then I put them all in those events, um, go through the entire spreadsheet of 65 athletes, and then I look and see, okay, if I have more than four women in an event or more than four men in an event, I gotta start taking people out. Um, and that's when, the, that's when the ripple effect and the, you put them here and you take them out there and that's when you gotta get really creative. Okay, how do I get people the right swims and how do I get them the right chances? And, and you look at your relays, um, and you look at the events and, and try to say, okay, if they do this here, they can do that there. And then, oh, yeah, we've got a meet coming up in two weeks, and we'll, we'll have another shot to see them in that meet if I don't get them in this weekend. So it's a lot of playing. It's a lot of chess and back and forth. And honestly, I've probably spent about six hours looking at this, and yeah. my eyeballs are crossing right now. <laughs> so I'm really excited to get it done, hand it to the team, have them tell me what they think. And then, and then put it to bed um, and then watch things unfold. And if it's not perfect the first weekend, so be it. We're going to get better each weekend after that. And I'm going to know more about them. And there's going to be more opportunities to improve and swim in the future. So that's okay. So on the men's side, no, no one went to NCAAs last year, but there were some breakthrough years such as Matthew Charest, a local kid, right? Uh, what a great story he is. Yeah, Charest, um, you know, he, he came to us um, as our, one of our top recruits um, from Lewiston High School and the local Y team here. Um, and he he was um, very strong freshman year, but he wasn't, um, you know, like turn your head wow. Um, and sophomore year, he went from, um, you know, being that solid swimmer on your team that was adjusting to college to a top eight in three events, and then he did it again his, his junior year um, and set a school record. So he has had a nice steady climb, and he worked really hard in the um, summer and fall. So. Um, he's beat up and tired right now, but I can always trust in, on, in Matt. Um, and then we just had a, we had some, uh, a strong freshman class last year that were sophomores that learned a ton, broke some records. Um, Andrew Hall in the 4IM, um, Peter Corey in the 2IM. Um, and so we just, we've got some depth and we've got some versatility that I am really enjoying um, right now because I can put a lot of people in a lot of different places. And then... Um, we got a guy named Tanner Fuller who's mm -hmm. the, he's 
he's been to nationals. He's swum really well there. Um, he was abroad last year. Um, still had a, a really great season given those circumstances. Uh, we're hoping he pulls it together. And um, and then just great leadership in our senior class. Jem Bullock is a great captain. Um, Alexander Ignatov has swam with the best in the country um, and held his own. Um, and the list goes on and on. So for the men, is the key really to get put together a relay team that can get back to nationals kind of? You know, um, relays are both the best and tricky because uh, yeah. um, they take 16 relays to nationals. So you can look at what's out there and know what 16th place is when you dive in for your last meet of the season or, you know, have an idea. And so that's a very kind of sure thing. Individually, it could be 16 they take. It could be 18 they take. It could be 20 they take. You never know where the individual line falls. So relays kind of do offer you that sure thing. Like, okay, if we're 16th, we know we're going. Um, and it's where we're headed off. So that's been a focus of ours. It's also tough because you have to have four guys all on at the exact yeah. same time. Um, and we've brought in a, a really good um, freshman class. We have some great experience um, in our upperclassmen. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what, um, what can unfold. Certainly. Well, any other thoughts on this weekend and what you're most um, intrigued about seeing uh, on Saturday and on Sunday? Because, again, two separate home meets. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see a lot of people swim a lot of events and see where their strengths are really lying and, and how they're handling those first two weeks of the season. Um, I'm really excited to see some of our freshmen um, um, compete and see what they can do. We brought in a great uh, freshman sprinter, Nathan Barry, who has a chance at you know breaking school records in his freshman year um, from some of the guys that were our best in, in Teddy Pender and, and Riley Ewing. Um, so he, he's an interesting kind of X factor, but he's a freshman, so I'm excited to see him kind of grow into the yeah. position or into the role, uh, see what role that actually will be this year for him and see what he's comfortable with and how far he can go. Um, I think we're all really excited about that. Um, I'm excited to see what a team um, as deep as ours can do. I mean, we have 30 women and 30 men approximately, so it's a big group. Um, and so the depth that we'll see over two days is going to say a lot and, and really probably give us a good idea of what we can do when we bring um, the whole squad to the main state meet and the NESCAC. All right, Peter Casares, thanks so much. You bet. Have a great one. The squash teams opened their season by traveling to Bowdoin on Friday and hosting Vassar on Saturday. The men went 1-1 one one, while the women went 2-0 to start the season. First year, Erica Parker went 2-0 at the number 5 position for Bates. She talks about the transition from playing in El Salvador to Maine. Well, squash has been my passion since I was, since I was 8 years old. So I was looking for a college in the United States where I could play squash as a competitive level. So I visited a lot of schools with squash and also that they had a good education and bait was my favorite one. I, when I visited here, I loved the team and I thought it was, it was a good place to start. What's been the biggest transition for you so far? Something you've had to adjust to, whether it be to Bates or to Maine in general? Yeah, well, first of all, El Salvador is really different from Maine. The weather is different, the people is different, also the squash courts are different, mm. and also the game is different because mm. in El Salvador, South America, Central America, 
Central America, people play faster. We don't play a lot of deep game. And mm. here, a lot of squash players play a lot of deep game. And actually, that's where I need to work. So first, the first days, it was very difficult for me to adjust this. But then I feel that I'm on the right way. And now the new squash coach is helping me to improve that. So I feel more confident now. Excellent. For those who don't know, deep game, could you explain what that is? Oh, yeah. Deep game is like you can play either short or deep on a squash court. Mm -hmm. And so deep game is like where you need to hit the ball harder so that it bounce deep on the squash court. Right, so further back, kind of. Yeah, further okay. back. Nice, and, that, and they don't do that in El Salvador, they do that more in America, it seems like? Like, in, in Central America and South America, where I play the most tournaments, we play in the back, but we don't play a lot in the back. Mm -hmm. We have right. more short drops or short shots. Excellent. So your first match there um, against Bowden on Friday, what was that experience like? Yeah, well, I was really nervous. <laughs> on Thursday, I remember that I was really nervous. <laughs> I barely could sleep. But then on Friday, it was the match day, we had a meeting with the team, and they were very supportive. So that helped me to feel more confident about it. They... They really, the upper class students, they really, they really help us to, to make sure that we knew that we were someone important on the team and that no matter what, we, we will always support each other. So that was really helpful for me and I felt really good about it. What's it like being on a team with such an international contingent of players? It's a really diverse team, but, but we are really close. And for example, when I came here, we didn't have a coach mm -hmm. and they were renovating our courts. Right. So we really work as a team and our goal was to work hard without excuses. Mm. So we were, support we were supportive with each other so that we can reach that goal. And I think that their results show that we reach it. Certainly, 2-0 start to the year. 2-0 start for you personally as well, so that must be a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling to win. I actually love to win, I'm not going to lie. I love that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope and actually, yes, I hope that we're going to still winning and this is going to be a great season because we're going to still working hard without excuses. Excellent. You touched on the fact that when you're looking for colleges, you're looking for a place with squash yes. and also you know high academics. Growing up, when did you start playing squash? How did that first happen for you? Yeah, I started playing squash when I, when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. My siblings played squash, my cousin played squash, and my father played squash. So I was introduced into the sport too. And first it started like just a hobby or just something to do in the afternoon to get fit. But then I fell in love with it. And then I started competing competing in international tournaments. Mm -hmm. I went to a lot of Pan American tournaments and also South American tournaments and I did really well on those. So 
I like how I like how it feels to win. So yeah, then squash was part of my life. I trained from 5 a.m. in the morning till 6 a.m. Then I went to school. Mm. Then after school, I trained again in the afternoon. And then I slept. And then the next day, it was the same thing. So squash was like part of my life. 5 a.m. training sessions. Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> how long did that take to get used to? Well, it was it was difficult. Yeah. But how I told you, I, I am always willing to work hard without excuses. Great. Well, speaking of working hard academically, how has that adjustment gone? Yeah, actually, it is going really well because I think that squash taught me how to be responsible in the court and also outside the court because I didn't have a lot of time. I learned how to manage my time and and always to take and never, and never to waste it. Mm-hmm. For example, I have an hour free before my my training. Mm. I really use that hour to finish all my work and be focused on it. So I think that squash has really helped me to be more responsible and and it has taught me how to manage my time. Excellent. Well, speaking of that, we'll let you get back to work. Uh, Erica Parker, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's time to recap three of our fall sports seasons, starting with the field hockey team, which finished the season ranked 19th in the country. The Bobcats recorded an overall record of 10-6, their most wins in one season since 1999, and a 6-4 NESCAC record as well, the team's most conference victories ever. Head coach Danny Ryder Kogut looks back on the season. I think team dynamic was a huge part of our success this year. We've had a lot of, we've been building our talent over the last couple of years, and it's been really fun to watch that part of the program grow. And this year, it was just when that talent kind of met at the at the perfect um, time and perfect setup. And so we had a great team dynamic that really led to our success. And the NESCAC, you know, we talk about this in every sport, the NESCAC is strong. But in field hockey, of the top seven teams in the country, four of them are coming from this conference, and Bates was kind of like fifth, right outside those top four. What's the next step, in your opinion, for the program to you know get to that level consistently with the Tufts and the Williams of the world? Kind of. Yeah, I think each year it's an opportunity to rewrite that script a little Mm -hmm. bit and to make some small changes that make us successful for the year to come. So I don't think we're looking to do anything drastic. We're just looking to continue on the path that we've kind of been on and just make that next adjustment that gets us into that top four. And then what do you see as maybe an adjustment for next year? Um, I think the biggest adjustment from next year isn't really – I think it's just to do what we did this year, but a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So it's not really an adjustment. I think we made huge strides this year in our, just our team philosophies, our team values, how we wanted to play in the field. I mean, we've always had these as underlying messages and we've always had them as something we've talked about as a program, but it's different to talk about it and then to live it and believe it. And this year, this program did a really great job of really upholding these values from start to finish and not losing sight on them. But there's always room to be better. At the end of the season, we talked with our team and we said, okay, let's hold let's hold that mirror up and we can say we honestly did it like 80% of the time. Like we can't say that we were perfect this year and, and any of those things. And so our goal is just to get that percentage up next year. And then individual honors, Grace Fitzgerald, second team all NESCAC. Um, she definitely deserved that, right? Yeah, no, she absolutely did. I think she's had a tremendous career um, 
all four years. She's been such a staple for us in the center midfield position. Really happy she got that award. I think we were rooting for a few other of our of our student athletes to be recognized all NESCAC because they really did have a fantastic season and ended fifth in the NESCAC. Um, but whenever we get an award, even if it's just one person, we know that that's the team's effort behind that player. Um, so it's really exciting for the team because it's a little nod to all of them. Um, and of course, it's a nod to Grace who deserves it individually as well for her hard work. Well, and then, yeah, she's going to be tough to replace, as is Alexa Jurgelite there in the defense, right? Yeah, Lex is a huge one um, back in the deep. Lex and Abby. Yeah. I mean, they've both really been huge for us in that defensive end. Lex obviously started playing that position her freshman year. Um, Abby's had two really huge seasons for us back-to-back, so those are big big shoes to fill as well. Um, and really the whole senior class, is it's a really strong, great senior class. So, I mean, you always are rooting for your own players. I think you have bias and you're just, you want to give them everything at the end of their senior career. You want them to have all that recognition um, because I think this class really deserves that and this team deserves that. And then first year, Grace Biddle in goal, she started the year with a timeshare, and then towards the end, she got all in the entire game, she would be in there. What did you see from her right away being ready to play, you know, field hockey in the NESCAC? Um, she is just a really, she loves pressure, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and she does really well with pressure on her, and I think she... She's done all season. She did a great job of playing that second half and closing out a game. Um, And she just, she plays with a lot of confidence to her. She's not afraid to go out and play the 1v1 situations. I mean, she's great because she still recognizes that she has room to grow. And I think that's really exciting when we talk to her at the end of the season of, you know, great first year, but where do you want to go from here? And she recognizes those pieces where she can continue to improve. So lot of potential for her. Yeah, one of the keys, end of the year, you have all these individual one-on-ones, right, with the players. What are some things you go over with them? Yeah, I mean, we're doing them all year in small Mm. doses, but I think the end of the year one is a nice time for us to reflect with them and get their opinion on the season and um, kind of hear from them what they thought the most important keys to the season were and where we have work to do. So that's a really nice opportunity for us to give them kind of the mic, if you will, and let them really tell us what they what they see for the future of the program. Certainly, and to see the team finish the year in the national rankings, that hasn't happened before, I don't think. I mean, you've appeared before, but to stay in there, what does that mean? And that was huge, because yeah. like you said, we have been in it before, but usually only for a one to two week span. So to stay really all season and to finish in the ranking was huge for us. Um, and just another milestone that we can kind of say, okay, we've taken, we've taken another step forward. Yeah, but at large bids, as we found out this year from Bowdoin's perspective, very difficult to get at the NCAA tournament. It's a regional-based system, if you want to explain to people who might be confused why Bowdoin didn't get in its fifth in the country, much less Bates. Yeah, I think as a conference, we were all a little disappointed to see Bowdoin not in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's tough because you watch these teams play all year. You compete against them. You know how strong they are. But it is based on a regional ranking, so the country is divided up into a number of regions, um, and each region needs to be represented within the NCAA tournament. So, unfortunate for them, they had some really, I, mean, I think, similar – we all feel the same way for our seniors. You know, you watch their team and you watch that last game and you know it's their seniors last and it's and it's heartbreaking, but they had a great, great run and I think they have a lot to to be proud of too. So What's yeah. that rivalry been like with Bowdoin these last few years? Some very close matches. 
Yeah, really close. I mean, I think it's a fun rivalry. Obviously, Kelly McManus is the assistant coach mm-hmm. there who's a Bates alum, so that adds a little twist to it. Um, I think what's really great about this conference is you respect all your opponents, and they're really it's great to play against them. You know that they're going to be well-coached. Um, you know that they're going to be – have great sportsmanship on the field, all that stuff. And so it's a rivalry because you always want to beat them. And there's that great um, competitive edge to beat them. But it's a really amazing level of field hockey and good field hockey. Yeah, we've talked about some of the seniors are, who are graduating were huge, of course. And then we talked about Grayson Goal as a first year. And then also another first year thing about Paige Cody, a local kid. Um, what an impact she had, right? Yeah, she she did great. I mean, she finished um, tied for second for points in her, on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a huge hand in goals and assists versus conference opponents, which is great to see out of first year. And it, it's really fun that she is local and she has she has that um, going for her. So it was a really good year for her. We expect definitely um, her to continue in that forward position. Yeah, well, speaking of scoring goals, what clicked for Emily Giannunzio this year? Yeah, she did a great job too. Um, I think I think just hard work in the off season clicked mm-hmm. for her. I think she worked really, really hard to prepare herself for this season. Um, she came in ready. She has great hands, and so it all kind of it fell together for her this year. So you do have some seniors to replace, but we just mentioned a couple people who are back, and that's not, that's nice to know, right? Yeah, I mean we're returning. Um, we're returning quite a few, so mm-hmm. we're returning sixteen players next okay. year. Um, what's really exciting about that is that most of them are. Uh, a bunch of them are dual sport athletes, and so mm. we have them all on campus all spring. Um, we don't have anyone. We love when they go abroad. I mean, it's a great experience. We usually lose our entire junior class um, to going abroad each year, and that's something that they can add when they come back to the program. But this year, all of our juniors are dual sports, so they're all mm. staying here. So I think that's going to be a really interesting twist to to the spring um, to have those juniors on campus and to see what that does for us. Yeah, a lot of field hockey players do play, you know, women's lacrosse as well. What what makes those two sports so compatible, you think? Yeah, so um, we have two that play lacrosse. Yeah. Actually, a big one for us is club ice hockey. Yeah. Um, so bigger than lacrosse. I think right now we have about 10 or so <laughs> players on the club ice hockey team. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's any sport that's, like, more compatible than the other. I think it's more what they, what they enjoyed in high school, um, what they want to get involved in once they're here at Bates. Either way, you look at it, it's an opportunity for them to keep their fitness up. Um, it's an opportunity for them to bond with their field hockey teammates in another arena, which is priceless. Um, and so it's great. Excellent. What are your thoughts on this season for you? I mean, it was just really special, and I think it was so much fun. And we all, you know, the last game didn't go the way we wanted to, but I think we all left saying that was our favorite season ever. I mean, it was just amazing to see the team perform, but not just on the field. I mean, their bonds off the field were truly amazing they really bought in again to those team values and did a great job of living them from start to finish which is hard to do I think especially we had a little bit of a mid-season where I think we had three losses in a row maybe um and so to keep your values at the top of your list when you're kind of going through maybe that little slump and you're trying to figure out what you need to change is huge and it speaks volumes about the players we have and just the leadership we had the volleyball team made the NESCAC tournament for the fifth straight season and ended up with an overall record of 16-10, and 10, the program's most wins since 2009. Senior Taylor Stafford-Smith wrapped up her career with a strong performance at the NESCAC championships, and she was our female Bobcat of the Week last week 
And this week, she joins the Bobcast to look back on her career. It's funny because, like, it actually doesn't feel like it's over, you know? I've been playing my entire life. Like, I've been playing since I was in fifth grade. And it just, I guess it just hasn't hit me entirely yet. But I'm just so honored. I'm just so grateful that I got to play volleyball for Bates College. Um, There are so many, you know, girls out there who... Um, don't get this opportunity. And so um, looking back, I'm just so grateful, and um, I really can't wait to see where the program, you know, continues to go from here. What does it mean to you to see, you know, the program increase its win total each year since you've been here? Yeah, um, it has, and, you know, it's only going to continue to go up from there. Yeah. So it'll be um, super exciting to see. But, again, just honored, you know. And then, you know, the team this season, I mean, obviously that NESCAC tournament is so tough, it seems like. I don't know, the other teams just, like, raise their game or what have you noticed about that? I don't know what it is yeah. and I think we're getting better with this every single year mm-hmm. um some times I I don't know what it is but like whenever we play Wesley and I know like some girls on our team we know like some of the players right um and so like I it's kind of like a mental thing mm-hmm. there but we every year this happens like we play a team and we know that we can beat them so I think over the past couple of years the reason why like our record has continued to go up is because we've um, started to overcome this whole mental thing um, because you see us, you know, beating Middlebury for the first time in like mm-hmm. forever. We're losing against a team, um, you know, like Wesleyan, and like we know that we can beat them. That's why I'm definitely excited to see like where it goes from there. But you know, we didn't end the way we wanted to this season, but um, we still made it to the playoffs. How have you seen yourself grow as a volleyball player since you first stepped on campus? So my freshman year, I come in and. I just wanted to play volleyball, you know, and I think something that I've learned probably more um, as of last year, actually, as a junior, there's just more to it than just playing. Mm. You know, you have to build your connections with all the girls off the court. Um, and it's crazy because your relationships will for sure translate to how you play as a team. Um, and I think, again, like, um, as I've said before, that's why I really feel like the team will continue to do better as the years progress. And Coach has done a really great job recruiting. Yeah. Um, and I feel like because of her, like, you know, we've gotten to this point. So. Well, that's interesting because student-athletes get to play a part in that. Cause I know, you know, people take visits to the college and you used to host them, right, and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. That- so I've hosted a lot of girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Um, I know that's really important just because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a great weekend um, mm-hmm. when I was hosted um, by Jacqueline Forney mm-hmm. and um, I knew Augie Silver coming mm-hmm. in and I just remember having the best weekend and I visited countless other you know campuses of like other colleges and stuff like that and I just remember talking to my parents and I'm like, mom, dad, like, I want to go to Beats. Like, I had a great weekend. And it was just that feeling of um, just, like, you know, having a great time when I was here and everything. But that was because of Jacqueline, Mm. for sure. And so that's why hosting, to me, is, like, very important for, like, these other recruits that are coming in. Um, Because you just want to make them feel at home and um, make sure they click with the team and kind of, like, give them an idea of what they're going in for. Certainly. 
So what's next for you at a schedule here? I mean, you got obviously <laughs> got to graduate, right? You got winter and spring coming up. First, I have to get that diploma. Got to get the yeah. diploma. What, what, um, what's next? Are you looking at grad programs or what's going on there? Um, so I'm taking a break from school, so I'm not really interested in going to graduate mm-hmm. school as of now. That might change, you know, ask me two years from now. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so definitely want to get into the work. Um, force. Mm. I'm trying to land in New York City. I have some girlfriends from back home, mm. and we're all trying to like get all of our you know girls together in yeah. New York City, kind of thing, and um, you know live there poor. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> so right now, I'm like kind of interested in going into finance, um, just given that I'm a math major and everything mm. like that. So, um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see where it takes me. Nice, nice. And then in terms of volleyball, is that something you still see yourself playing recreationally? Um, I'm going to take a break for a little bit, but it will always be a part of me. Um, And I think um, most of that will translate to beach when I'm back in Mm. California. Um, And I know some um, friends who've translated um, from indoor to outdoor um, so, but I don't know. You never know. We'll, well see. It's interesting because beach volleyball is also an NCAA sport. It is. Don't have it here. Yeah, um, we, eventually, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but obviously it's big in California. And beach yeah. volleyball, is that just two on two? Or for those who don't know, how does that differ? I mean, obviously besides the location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, typically it's two on two. Uh-huh. Um, and... There's a lot of pros and cons to both indoor and outdoor, and they seem so similar, and granted they are, but you're working with the weather, you're working with a different type of volleyball, it's actually bigger, and mm. it has different leather, just like things like that. Um, it's a slower game, um, but you're definitely getting a better workout. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so very similar, but very, very different. So. Any other thoughts you want to share with us before I let you go? Just again, I'm just so thankful that I've been a part of the Bates Volleyball Program, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. All right, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. The women's soccer team ended its season by battling rival Colby to a nil-nil draw. It was a tough season overall, but first-year head coach Joe Vary is optimistic about the future. Coach, we talked before the season, you mentioned how you'd seen the NESCAC from kind of afar, right, working on the West Coast and throughout the country, and now you were actually in the NESCAC this year. What was it like seeing this competition up close? Yeah, it's certainly an interesting thing to see it up close. You you stop looking at the rankings because it's just there's another top 25 team coming in every other weekend. Um, and so really it just becomes, you know, how do we prepare against this team? How do we prepare against that team? Um but it just is, uh, it never stops. And it, it uh, is certain, certainly something that you have to continue to work with your student athletes of, let's just keep getting after things, let's keep getting better, um, keep kind of focusing. Um, and, you know, for our returning players, they were used to it. You know, they didn't really worry about any of the rankings and those types of things. It was just like, oh, you know, this team's coming to town, this team's coming to town, you know, they usually play this style, so, you know, we can kind of gear and focus. Um, so it certainly was a big learning curve, but it was uh, it was something that was was a lot of fun as well. Final match of the season, battled Colby to a nil nil draw. What was that match like? Uh, I was super proud of the group the, yeah. the whole time. It, there was just great energy. Uh, you know, it's a typical late October main day where it's just kind of gray and drizzling and windy. Um, but our group just never gave up, and they kept kind of working. And um, you know, it was one of those games where we walk away going you know, this is a good step for us going forward. Like, if we can play this way, we'll just keep getting better and we'll keep figuring things out. So it was fun. It was awesome. Um, it was a good rivalry game. You know, it's as close to a derby as we're going to get for the most part for us. And um, so it was a good way to kind of finish out the year for us. 
And then, you know, obviously you have senior classes graduating, but then among the players who are returning for next year, who are some players who maybe you're excited about to see what they can do from year one under under you at least to year two? Yeah, we're we're excited about the growth for the off season of things. Um, you know, Annie Doig was a, was a great sophomore for us. We we're kind of playing her a little out of position of things, and um, she just really gave us everything that we possibly could. A uh, couple injuries, a couple of different things, you know, um, forced us to put some of our first years and, and some of the younger players in, and, and so we were excited about that. CC Pilgrim really gave us some good minutes. Uh, you look in the junior class, um, Elizabeth Bennett really was kind of a staple for us also. Um, but, you know, we've, we've been pretty happy with it, and we had a lot of our younger girls really get more experience than they normally would, um, and I think that'll pay dividends for us down the long run. And then um, for you as a coach, you know, obviously, you know, a couple, you know, some, some tough matches there throughout the season. How, how do you, from a mentality standpoint, keep the team or try to keep the team focused in terms of because, you know, at, at some point it becomes kind of rough. It's like, you know, you lost this match and now you got Williams coming in, stuff like that. Kinda. Yeah, we, we really just tried to focus on ourselves. You know, if we could get better every day and, and get a little better every training session, then, you know, the results will, will eventually start taking care of themselves. Um, and so that was kind of our mindset. And that was, I think, one of the positives that we took away with this group is uh, no matter what the game was, no matter what the result was, we were given everything that we possibly could from start to finish. Um, and those will start to pay dividends for us. So from a recruiting standpoint, how do you kind of approach things? What kind of players are you looking to bring into the program? Yeah, we're, we're looking for one, Bates kids, um, you know, the, the, the students that will fit into the, what we're trying to do here academically and, and in this area and, and for our community. Um, you know, and then from there, they, they got to fit the academic standards, you know, they've got to fit the athletic standards. And so we're really looking for student athletes that are self-motivated that will come in and, um, you know, get the grind going. Um, and that's where we're going to be at for the next couple of years is we just have to grind a little harder than some of the other teams because we do have to close a gap that's there. And, um, you know, our pitch has been, you know, if this is a place where you want to come in and impact a community, if you want to come in and impact a community, a college and if you want to come in and impact a program then this is going to be the place for you but with also the caveat that this is going to be hard mm -hmm. and and if you're into looking for something that's going to be difficult but you're going to be that one that can go you know when you're in you know years from now being like i started that program i helped take that program to something special then you know this is going to be a really good place for you well and the program's been successful in the past i mean there was a nescac title about yeah. a, a little yeah. over a decade ago stuff like that i mean does that past matter to you at all or is this kind of starting from scratch almost well i, I think it shows that, that obviously it can be done yeah um you know so but we are kind of starting from scratch yeah. for the most part on that side of things and we're trying to build and you know, our end of the year meetings with everybody was like, look, everybody was a first year this year, like including the coaching staff, you know, and yeah. so there is going to be a lot to learn. Everybody's got to figure things out how we want to play and our style and the way that we're trying to coach things. And, and then us as a coaching staff, we're trying to figure out, well, where's the gym? Where's the field? You yeah. know, when you show up at, a, at an opponent's school, you know, there, there's a lot of unknowns and, and those things will get easier as, as the years go on. But um, no, I, I think that is the big thing is, you know, knowing that it can be done, that there is a little bit of a history on those types of things, you know, kind of propels us forward. And so in the in the dead of winter, I mean, when it's not exactly soccer weather, what do you do in terms of like looking for the next Bobcats? Are you, you know, making phone calls or how does that go? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. So um, as soon as the fall finishes up, it really ramps up the recruiting season of things. So we're we're excited where we are with our ED1 class. Um, we're, we're trying to work with a couple more student athletes for our ED2 time frame, time frame for things. Mm -hmm. And then we're also starting to turn gears for the 21s and, and yeah. trying to get as far out to 22s as we possibly can. But 
yeah, it becomes on the phone, a lot of emails, getting out, a lot of traveling. So, you know, our, our staff is going to be on the road pretty much the next three or four weekends. And then um, uh, there'll be a little bit of a break around the holidays. And then we'll get back on to it in, in January and February. Excellent. What are your thoughts on the season you wanted to share? Um, you know, major takeaways? You know, big takeaways, I think, is, um, again, we're, we're excited about the mentality of the young group that we have coming forward and, and really the the times that we've been able to continue to train and go forward and, and the opportunities of the, the groundwork that we're trying to lay is, is there. Um, and, and we're excited. That group is into it. You know, they're they're looking forward to the off season of things. Um, and, and so I think we're pretty excited about the growth that we can really show in this off season. All right, Joe Barry, thanks so much. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how the Bobcats do at the NCAA Cross Country Championships, plus a look back at the 2019 home debuts for the basketball and swimming and diving programs. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast.